if you're like me, you remember uh, the word repent from probably old uh, 1980s movies. Uh, I don't know if you remember like the, the Superman movies or it seems like every movie that took place in New York City had a scene with some strange guy carrying around a cardboard sign yelling, repent, repent, the end is near. I don't know if you ever remember that. For some reason, that's stuck in my mind as something that I saw frequently in old movies in New York City. Apparently, that was very common then. I've seen it occasionally since then. But as a little kid growing up, that's how I knew the word repent. I didn't go to church a lot as a kid. And so my understanding of the word repent was a guy with a cardboard sign saying the end of the world was coming. And I thought the word repent meant panic, <laughs> run, <laughs> hide, <laughs> somebody's coming for you, right? never really understood what the word repent meant. You know, recently we had our Ash Wednesday service, and I gave a message similar to this at that service, and I thought I would just share it as we begin our Change Your Mind series, because during this season of Lent, it really is all about transformation. Lent is a time when we uh, historically, as church family, have uh, turned away from sin, have re repented for where we've fallen short, and spent some time in preparation for Holy Week, which is just 40 days from now. But I thought it would be helpful to really know what this word repent means, because it's a religious-y word, right? And if you've not been in church a lot, you would think it's like that man on the street with the cardboard sign, the repentment, panic, or, or something negative, or something judgy. You know, the great Christian reformer, Martin Luther, 500 years ago, once said that the Christian life is one of constant repentance. In those good old days, repentance meant something very specific. Repentance has meant, basically, since Martin Luther, maybe before Martin Luther, something negative. It has the tone of, of running away from or turning from sin. But is that what the early church meant by the word repent? Is that the, the Hebrew tradition going back thousands of years? Is that what repent means? And of course the answer is yes and no. <laughs> You might find often that in the Christian walk, in our wisdom tradition, so often the answer is yes and no, or both and. We find that, for example, with the kingdom of God. Is the kingdom of God here among us? Yes and no. We know not completely because there's still evil in the world. There's still pain and suffering. So much of the Christian walk is about holding those things, those truths together, the yes and the no, which can be true at the same time. So, yes, repentance did mean turning from sin, uh, fleeing from sin, but it means more than that, not only that. So in this Lenten season, we're often asked what we might give up, right? It's formed in the negative. What are you going to give up for Lent? I wonder what you're giving up. Put it in the chat box. Tell us what you're giving up for Lent. And it's okay if you are, like uh, candy, maybe chocolate, or maybe coffee if you're really insane, caffeine. Maybe you're giving up social media, which is fine. 
just remember to go to kayleycommunity.org on Sunday mornings to watch the messages because they'll get posted on Facebook as well. Maybe you're giving up certain foods or TV shows, but it's not the case that repentance is just about giving things up, giving up sin or things that get in the way of our relationship with God. That's not all that repentance means. It not only means to give up that which is wrong, but also to take up that which is right. In the words of Jesus, we we give up our sin, but we take up our cross. In the words of the Apostle Paul, who writes the, the text that we're reading from today, this letter to the Roman church, we not only turn from sin, but <clears throat> we should also be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Paul takes this repentance to a whole new level. This word for repent, metanoia. Metanoia. Meta meaning uh, to be transformed, to be changed, like metamorphosis, right? Meta and noia, the mind. And so repentance is more than just giving up sin. It's something about being changed, about being transformed, about your mind being renewed. Thus, we enter into the Change Your Mind series for Lent. No more is it simply about giving up evil, but it's about taking up good. And how do we know? Because Paul tells us right here in Romans chapter 12. Paul is an interesting character. You you remember from previous sermons, he's a, a person who hated Christians at first. He felt that they were destroying the old religion, that they were heretics, that they were evil. And then as he was going to persecute Christians on a road, he encountered Jesus, the risen Christ. And the risen Christ said, why do you persecute me? Well, Paul was going to persecute these Christians over there. So he never met this risen Christ. And he probably thought in his head, I'm not persecuting you. I'm going to persecute them. But you see, Christ had so identified with his body, the church, that to persecute one Christian is to persecute Jesus himself. In that experience, Paul completely did a 180, uh, away from persecuting Christians and into trying to make more Christians. (laughs) So many more, in fact, that he went outside of his Jewish tradition and started reaching out to Gentiles, anybody who was not Jewish. And Paul wrote this letter to the Romans. It's one of the most important letters he wrote because he wrote it to a church he'd never been to. Most of his letters that we have are written to churches that he planted. And so he knew the leaders and he knew the people there. He knew the particular politics and issues and problems that they would encounter. But as it pertains to the Roman church, he'd never been there. He didn't know them very well. So he was writing generally about the Christian life and how to live and theology. And Romans 1 through 11 is all this theology. But when he lands in Romans 12, he makes a big shift. He says, okay, you've learned all this about God and all this about ourselves. So what? What do you do with it now? And that's where Romans 12 through the rest of the letter shifts to application, how we live our lives. And in Romans 12, he focuses on our gifts. Basically, Paul says that every one of us is given gifts from God. God has given us gifts. 
It's not an accident. It didn't come through our DNA. We didn't inherit it from our parents. Maybe we look like our parents when we do things, but it doesn't immediately come from them. It comes from God. Use the gifts God gave you. And he lists a few off, things like teaching or serving. I wonder if many of you are those behind-the-scenes people. You don't like to really be in front of the camera. To be honest, I don't like to be in front of the camera either. But, uh, you know, God calls you in a certain spaces, right? But maybe you're a behind-the-scenes person, and so you like to cook the meals at Kaylee Community or uh, set up the tables. And so you're a person who has a gift of service. Maybe you have the gift of teaching. You're someone who's good in front of a small group and, and good about handling questions and allowing people to have meaningful discussion. Maybe you have the gift of encouragement. Can you believe that's a gift from God? It's an actual spiritual gift to be someone who's encouraging. Well, obviously, it's so easy to be negative in this world that we need people who have the spiritual gift of encouragement. Maybe you're someone who has the gift of truth-telling. Yeah, that's a tough one. Because often you're the opposite of the person who has a gift of encouragement, right? <laughs> you always say that thing that everybody's hoping no one says, but you have that gift of telling the truth even when it's difficult. There's a word for that in the Christian tradition and the Hebrew tradition. It means that you're a prophet. You speak truth in difficult circumstances. Or maybe you have the spiritual gift of love where it doesn't matter who anybody is, where they've come from, what their past is like, or what their lifestyle is. You just love people. And that's a spiritual gift too. Now, take a turn here. Think about what you've been considering giving up for Lent. Maybe what you've given up is, like we said, candy or chocolate or TV or social media. Maybe you're feeling guilty because you haven't given up anything for Lent. It's just not been a practice in your your family tradition or your church tradition, and so you didn't really think about it, and that's okay. But think about not only what you might give up for Lent, but <clears throat> right now, it's not too late. It's Sunday. It's just a few days into Lent. Think about what you might take up for Lent. As we said earlier, Lent's not just a time for you to try and avoid sin. It's a time of preparation and renewal. A time to have your mind changed, to be transformed. And so as Jesus takes up his cross and carries it from the place of torture to the place of crucifixion, so we too take up our crosses and carry them through Lent, through this season to Holy Week, together. And don't miss that last word, together. We shouldn't go it alone because it's too hard. Even Jesus had to have someone help pick up his cross and carry it. What could you take up this Lenten season? You know, perhaps it's time for you to start getting involved in Kaylee community, uh, to become a Kaylee champion, uh, basically a buddy who helps out folks who uh, need maybe a paraprofessional or someone just to be present with them while they're in worship or in other activities. Uh, maybe you could join the Kaylee Circles. Our small groups that meet once during the week and share a meal and open up the scripture and pray for one another. Maybe it's time for you to, to get more involved in the Kaylee gatherings, to come and join us and eat a meal and, and share in the celebration of Christ and inclusivity. You know, there's a priest, I read a meme on social media, so it has to be accurate, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's accurate. But I saw that a priest once said, keep your chocolate, but give up hate. 
And then he went on to say some other things. But I thought, ooh, that really hit me hard. Keep your chocolate, but give up hate. Ooh, am I giving up things that are really meaningful? I think that's right. I mean, it's okay to give up things for your health for Lent because you want to be healthy. It's important. Uh, being unhealthy can stand in your relationship with others and with God as well. But more importantly, is what you're giving up truly meaningful? Keep your chocolate, but give up hate. And then take it a step further. Keep your chocolate and give up hate, but take up love. Keep your sugar, <laughs> but give up racism. And take up conversation with people who look differently from yourself. Keep your fried food, thank God, <laughs> but give up anger and take up forgiveness toward those who have hurt you. Keep your Facebook. Maybe don't keep your Facebook. I mean, if we didn't have to be on Facebook because that's where all you people are, we wouldn't be on Facebook, right? But okay, keep your Facebook, but also give up revenge and take up reconciliation. There are countless ways to take something up this Lenten season. These next 40 days are an opportunity for you to discern this. Just like Jesus took 40 days in the wilderness to be tried, to be tempted, to be forged, to be strengthened. So we take these 40 days in our wilderness to discern what it is we need to give up and what it is we need to take up to truly be followers of Christ. So what are you holding on to? Are you holding on to bitterness? Are you holding on to anger about something? Are you holding on to desires to get revenge on someone? Or do you have deep jealousy for another person? This is an opportunity to take those stones and leave them where they belong. Because you can't carry your stones and carry your cross at the same time. You got to choose. You're either going to throw your stones or you're going to carry your cross. This is an opportunity to take those stones and leave them where they belong, vanquished by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And once you've laid down those things that stand between you and God, once you've given those up, then you have the capacity to take up the mission that God is calling you to take. And make no mistake about it, God is calling you to take up a mission. And if it doesn't hurt a little, it's probably not a calling of God. It needs to be a sacrifice. So as we enter into this Change Your Mind series, we're going to talk about practical and spiritual ways to have our minds renewed and changed so that we can truly repent by leaving some things behind and taking up new things and looking more like Jesus as we get closer and closer to the celebration of his resurrection at Easter. Amen? Amen. Thank you.